You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Happy Monday, everybody. This is David. I have been away doing fieldwork in Wyoming for the past month, and I will still be in Wyoming doing fieldwork for the next few months. Carlton is uh, starting his tenure track professorship, assistant professorship, something ship, learning new kids at uh, Indiana University over there. He has been moving there, been hectic. Connor has been away, just got back from Hawaii and from a long trip with his family. So, yeah, we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming in the coming week. This week, though, will be our last rerun episode, and I really appreciate if you guys have been listening to these ones because they are our favorite episodes. We've actually had quite a text conversation about which one should we air because like, there's some episodes we like love it over others. Not that any are better than others. It's just some of them are like, okay, that one was good. We'll put that on there. So this week's episode is like kind of a how do I get into the field of anthropology? How do I get to grad school? What's CRM like? And if you've had those questions, hopefully this will answer it. And if you have somebody who has those questions, please send this episode to them. But yes, we'll be back next week. Thank you. Welcome to episode 74 of Life in Ruins podcast. We investigate the careers of those living a life in ruins. My name is Carlton. And I'm here with David and Connor. We don't have a script tonight because why? So it's going to be one of those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no outline. You guys love it when you do these, but instead of actually covering a topic that we kind of have knowledge about, we're going to talk about our tips and tricks for being an anthropology student, undergrad, applying to grad school, and how to do how to do research. Yes, if David. you're new to the podcast and you're just tuning in for this episode, which seems to still be happening, stay listening because it is stuff that you might want to know or that you could relate to somebody, but we'll also talk about archaeology as well. And this isn't our usual episode, so stay with us. Start start with Bob Kelly and then everything from there is downhill. What, what yeah. episode is that one? Oh, let's start off with like our favorite episodes and just piss off all of our guests that have been on. Yeah, that's a great strategy, Dave. Let's 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 no, do the, that. Let's start with the ones Who's we the hate worst? the most. Yeah, yeah. B- Bernie Taylor, <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course, takes the cake, dude. It's not not okay. As a gentleman, Bernie, the nicest guy. It's not that I dislike his episode. No, sorry, I do dislike his episode. I don't dislike him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As like a as a as a person, he's fine. But as a researcher and internet personality, he's a big old bag of shit. Wow. Yeah. Uh, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Uh, I won't say it. <laughs> it was no. I mean, like, I think we've talked about this before on the show. No, we haven't, because I did that special episode with Emily and Lana that has never got aired, where we reviewed his episode. Is that is that a thing? Yeah. Remember, we tried to do those bonus episodes. Connor did one with. Brian, I did one with Lana and Emily. I mean, yeah, we explained it on there. We had a whole outline for them, and we had a whole set of topics that we never touched. You kind of, the second we introduced him to the show, he just kind of took it away. Here's something, though. When I was on Tasha's podcast or on her YouTube channel, and she was interviewing me with my dog, Lecture Spiel, it was funny. When I had the PowerPoint, I had to read and go in the exact direction I always go with that talk. And like she would ask me questions, and I was like getting thrown off. Cause I was like trying to do a spiel, but if I don't have the PowerPoint, I can just add like, you know, have an actual podcast conversation. So I wonder if that's what Bernie was doing. And we were just like, shut up, Bernie, <laughs> like the whole time and throwing him <laughs> off his groove. But he, maybe he would have had it. I don't know. It was well, still he, a podcast. He had a, like a pitch. He had like yeah. a, he had a pitch. Yeah. He had it like kind of laid out in a certain, you know, I talk about this and then I talk about this and this leads to this kind of thing. So, yeah. And it we were the like same conversation he has on every podcast. Cause I listened to two of his interviews and it was the same format. 
Hmm. Yeah, I guess. And I was just rage making him like rage quit. <laughs> and we all we just like stopped that the roll. We cut that roll off essentially. Yeah. Anyway, his was his was you know it was good. Bob's was great. If you guys are listening and haven't listened before, check out Bob's, which is Doctor Kelly episode. Carlton knows it somehow. Yep, twenty seven. Yep, that one. Uh, Bernie Taylor's fourteen. Um, had some great ones. I like. I really like Talia Farnsworth. Yeah, episode. she was great. Yeah, I like that one. There, I mean, yeah, I mean, generally, I I don't dislike any of them. There's definitely a few that I listen to repeatedly. Really, one that we had Mac on. I listened to that one. Maddie Mac uh, McAllister's episode forty and Jamie Goodall's. Yeah, that I listened to that one the other day while I was carving an atlatl actually, and I was like smiling the whole time because it was like this is a riveting actual like conversation about piracy. <laughs> I like a Shane and Dr. Toon. Oh, yeah. That's Sounds a classic. Good. Yeah. That's a classic. Stephens are always good. That's like a good conversation. It's always fun to have him on. I mean, every guest we've had has, has been great, except for the dog guy. Shane's, yeah. There's, I, I generally like all of them. I re-listened to the SAA ethics panel response the other day because the email that we got to remind myself what exactly was spoken about. That one made some some waves in the archaeology community. That one did. Oh, no, the, the best part is that me and David weren't there. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the best part about it. <laughs> there was one of them where I came in in the middle of it, and I hadn't taken my meds, and I was on one. That was Max. That was of oh. course. <laughs> I was, like, singing. We sung okay. the freaking Snickers commercial song. But like I felt bad because his it was like such a good topic and he was probably for a half hour was just being very professional. I came on and I was like <laughs> just like screaming. I don't know. Kelly's hey, was good. How'd you get that? Oh my Kelly. god, Strider has a giant jar of peanut butter. <laughs> Continuing. Yeah, so the thing that we probably get asked the most about is tips, tricks, what to do in undergrad and graduate school. I think David probably gets this like every other day comments and, and, and messages about, yeah, what we should be doing as undergrad and what classes take, how to get into grad school, things like that. David, you get those messages all the time, right? Asking tips, tricks for, for grad school and, and whatnot. I just want to say for the record that Strider got my $10 thing of Justin's peanut butter and stuck his disgusting tongue in it and it's all wasted now. Anyway, yes, I do get those messages quite often. And I usually say talk to Carlton because he's got a great spiel. Carlton's very pragmatic and honest about it. I I, I hate it. I hate being aggressive <laughs> so much. I keep trying to tell people to avoid the hell that I found myself in. Yeah, because sometimes I'm just like, don't do it. And like I feel bad saying it, but... I don't know. It's weird because the three of us have like success in it. You know, we're all employed. We have fun with it on the side. We think about it all the time. And then some people are like, I really want to do this. And I'm like, I really think you should do accounting. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. I don't know. Where should we start with it? I guess, I mean, fundamentally, if, if you're in anthro undergrad, I think that's a good place to start. And I noticed like I was looking up before we got on, Connor, you went to Colorado State, which has 30,000 student body. David went to UT Knoxville, student body of 30,000. And I went to Bradford University, student population 10,000. Hmm. 
with not a very established anthro department. Like we had five professors. I feel like CSU was established, but not well funded. Like we, we weren't, people don't go to CSU for anthropology. (laughs) They go there for engineering or biology or other things like that. So we, we had, we have big names there like Jason LaBelle and other uh, anthro folks, but we didn't have a really solid, solid, well-funded program. Is Knoxville, is Knoxville any better, David? Knoxville is more of biological, um, or I mean, UT would call it physical anthropology school, but I guess biological is the new one. And people go there for that. They also have a very strong, I mean, forensics is their thing. Human osteology is their thing. But they have a very strong cultural department and the cultural department is specifically disasters in human diaspora. So like stuff, people moving after Katrina and stuff in like Africa and just like uh, Sudan and things like it's it's interesting stuff. And then archaeology is small and literally just Dave Anderson and Shimmick. Yeah, that's a big name. And yeah, my both two of my professors at Radford were UT Knoxville grads in forensic well, anthropology. Sorry, that was when I was there. I think there's more people there now. They have a new department head. Sorry. Anyway, continue. Yeah. No, it's just that in in the southeast, University of Tennessee, Knoxville. I think it, I think. It is still doing physical anthropology, and there is a difference between physical and bio. And last I checked, that's still the bastion of physical anthropology. Yeah, I mean the the forensic anthropology centers there, and like the yeah. Bill Bass stuff. That's that's not going to go away. Never. I also was doing a, a live on TikTok the other day, and someone asked me like where I went to undergrad, and I started talking about that. And I want on this like five minute tangent about how I saw raccoons like eat a decomposing human body and I couldn't look away. <laughs> it was just like, I was like, to, to us, that's like fascinating. But to anyone else just swiping through TikTok and coming up, I was like, then it ate its like toes and I watched it on night vision camera. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of like where I was going with the uh, class sizes and, and field of it was, you know, we also didn't have grad students. So I was afforded a lot of opportunities and like I knew all my professors really closely. Like it's not like, you know, Boulder or something I I recognize with a lot of the anthro kids here is like they might have a professor maybe twice. Whereas like I went, did three years of undergrad and poor Dr. Fox, Dr. Anderson, Dr. Yoder had a deal with me at least once a semester. (laughs) Like there was just no escaping it. And I got really close with them. And because of that, I was afforded a lot of opportunities like the work, be able to do art at like my own research on field school stuff and, you know, get to present at San Francisco SAs, you know, that wouldn't have happened if there were grad students who were working on that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I will give a, a counter argument saying that grad students can also be really good. Cause they're 100%. Sources, yeah, because they can they can be sources of funding and also afford you those opportunities. I worked with Ben yeah. Perlmutter doing. He's a good dude. Yeah, he's a real good dude. Doing debitage analysis for his thesis work that was funded and got credits for it as well. So there are benefits to having grad students there, but I think Carlton's nailed it that like that can distract professors. I would qualify too, saying like in. Connor's case, it is great because I had like Megan Dennison, who we had on, she like really pushed me to do what I wanted to do. And 
you have someone who's an intermediary between like a an untouchable professor when you're a kid and like somebody who's like you know closer to your age that will just tell you the truth then you can confide in and then there's you but in like schools where there's grad students they also get all the attention and like they're trying like the professor wants to like you're just an undergrad and the class doesn't matter i luckily lucked out with dave but carlton it sounds like a pretty good situation for you there you know yeah i mean i think part of it here at boulder the work i do for Doug isn't conducive for me having undergraduate underlings. So I've just never really seen it. But I think now uh, with Doug's newer student looking at ceramics, we've had a couple students in there. But even then, it's like, I'm not sure how well that's going because it's still COVID. But I mean, you know, I, I'm not saying it's it's necessarily a good or bad thing. Like my experience was that Small class sizes, small faculty, you know, grad students allowed me to, I mean, I could have, I would have burned bridges real quick, you know? So it's, there's, there's pros and cons. I know a few people in my cohort, maybe not a few, but at least two, you know, whose behavior and attitude would ended up being detrimental to them going to grad school because who's going to write them letters of rec. So there's pros and cons i'd say yeah so finding out if a program has grad students is a is something to look into i think especially especially at csu we just had an ma program and not a phd program so that's something to be aware of as as well and i'd I'd say like if if you if it does have a grad program try to work with the phds nothing against the master students but like they just became grad students. So maybe kind of like when you're chilling with like a new professor, like how the job market is, what's successful at the moment. But if you really want to tap into the knowledge and the network, like a PhD would be someone to really hook up with. Yeah. And they're going to be the ones who are now going to, well, it's twofold. The, the PhD students are going to be the ones going to get like a good job. And when you want to go to grad school, they might be your professor one day to be good to work with. And they're going to be running sites. But master students, though, are good to know because, like, I met Crabe when he was a master student and I was an undergrad. And that's a connection that helped later. And, like, when I needed a roommate and he was coming to Wyoming, I was like, oh, I knew you. And, I mean, that that's just a student connection, I guess, like a friend connection. But they I, – I don't know. I just feel like I've gotten opportunities from master students as well. It's more of maybe. a – I think – it's just networking is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's less of an academic thing, but it can be academic to be, have friends that are grad students. But yeah, yeah, networking is probably the biggest, biggest thing to do is to know those people, to know the, the grad students, the PhD students, at least be able to send them emails and whatnot. I think that's huge. Yeah. And then when you are a grad student for your first time, like a master's student, you're like one year older than you were in college. So like... It's just weird. You're closer in age to the undergrads than you are like the PhD students half the time. So like it might be fun to like go like Connor, <laughs> like we're just still in like college age going out and just like partying, not at like undergrad parties, but like at the bars and stuff. But it's just like it's it's a weird spot to be in because you're not an adult, but you're also an adult that's like off the leash. Yeah, I was <laughs> living in a fraternity house during <laughs> oh my, my God, master's no. experience. <laughs> you were. 
You were. Yeah, talking about networking, I, the University of Wyoming had a sig up chapter and they needed a live-in advisor. And so guess who signed up for that? <laughs> you were advising people how to live? I was advising them how to be good academics. And to <laughs> my credit, their GPA, their their cumulative GPA rose from uh, 2.8 to 3.2. Oh, good job. That I, I installed good, a, a rather and turned that chapter around after the that one incident. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know. Dude, I just remembered like your first year. I was just like, where's he living? Or is it like that? They're like frat house. And I was like, get a load of this guy. Like, I'm not going to associate with him. <laughs> and it worked yeah, out. It, it was just... <laughs> Just everything, like, uh, uh, anyway, that's a whole story another day, but it's just like, it just every th- story I heard about you just got better and better. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. I, uh, I couldn't tell if you were real. Just like all the things, all the intersections of how- you as a person was like the hardest thing for me to like picture. Like, And then you came up to visit me and me, you and Laura were sitting on the couch, like watching a movie and Carlton just busts in and be like, what's up? <laughs> uninvited you're checking on crave i think and uh, that's when you first met carlton i think yeah it's like oh my god it's him <laughs> anyway yep. there's some idiosyncrasies and like weird kinks to like get out when you're a master's student for sure because uh, you usually move to another state another school it's like here's something if you're an undergrad and you have the ability to take a master's level class take it I did that. I had like several seminars and that teaches you how to write like a serious research paper, how to do research, how to act professionally, like in a grad environment. And it's more of like an informal discussion than it is a, like a Socratic circle than it is like a lecture, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would totally agree with that. And on that note, I think we are going to end this first segment of a life in ruins does college episode 74. <laughs> so we'll catch you on the next segment. Welcome back to episode 74 of a Life in Roots podcast. We're sitting here with Carlton, Connor, and John Stamos interviewing him, the Stameister. The Greek god. The Greek god. Wait, John Stamos is not here. I could not afford to get him as a guest, but we tried. Let's see. Yeah, we tried. We definitely tried. And by it, we couldn't afford, like, we don't have an agent that could get us somebody like John Stamos, nor would we need to have John Stamos, to be real. <laughs> Continuing on to our conversation with grad <laughs> schools and college. Uh, other questions I get are, how do you get into it? How do you know? I think, how do you know what school to go to is the biggest one? And undergrad is the question, not necessarily grad school. And undergrads, you don't normally pick. You just go to the one that, like, you know, your parents are like, make sure you go to NYU or go to Harvard. And you're like, all right. Not going to go there, Ma. Watch. <laughs> Wait to see my GPA at the end of the year. <laughs> but like, like I went to UT because UT is the public school in Tennessee that everyone goes to. And like, it's big. It luckily had an anthropology department. But some people have the opportunity to go to a different undergrad. Like that's not their state. And maybe that's half the time people do. I don't know. Point being, if you're in high school or you're not in college and you're after high school, either way or between colleges, look up what, like a school maybe you want to go to and check out the anthropology department. And if the anthropology department only does cultural anthropology in Tibet, like it's not going to be conducive to Paleo-Indian archaeology. So you need to find one that does that. I would agree. Go to their website. Each each website usually has a, a bio for each professor that introduces what they do, what they teach. That is really valuable information. Could you pronounce Tibet again? Tibet? 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 How do you say it? Tibet. 
What do I say? Tie bet. Like some tie is Mahjong or something. Sorry that my brain just like got stuck on that. People say Tibet. Yeah. I've always heard of this Tibet. But it's a New England thing. We were watching the some 9-11 series on Netflix recently, and Lana could not get over the accents. I'm like, dude, that's just how people speak up there. It's just people saying the English language wrong. Is how, how <laughs> just, are, yeah, just like of, that. I don't know. Like, I think it's more important for grad school to know who your teacher is. Like, yeah. I mean, at Radford, I went to Radford because they had a late enrollment, and I got in and did anthro. And, like, I did, like, Woodland, Southeast Woodland. I mean, just, I did, got good grades, wrote nice papers, and Bob Kelly expected me, accepted me as a student without having working in Paleo Indian to work on Plains Village. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I have a very non-traditional way of doing things. No, that's that's why I got to CSU. Was the, I, I, That was the only one I got into. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do the thing. That's <laughs> yeah, also why I went to <laughs> as long that's as not a bad one. Not like that's not a bad program. No, 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 not at all. Where um, else did you apply? Uh, Regis, Denver. It's another. It's like a private oh. school, but oh, they one. didn't have an anthropology department. So I think knowing they have knowing the college you're applying to has an anthropology department or a history department that does both is is huge. Yeah, I, I would second that saying. Like I went to UT Chattanooga my first year. And because I just wanted to go to a smaller one, I guess. I don't think I also didn't get into Eugene Knoxville. (laughs) I went to, (laughs) I went to finding out you have ADHD is very helpful because then you can get help and your grades go way up. Yeah. So I went to UTC and all of my Christians, all of my friends became born again Christians and like we would go to church on like Wednesday nights and I was like, I would rather die. So I <laughs> would physically hide under my, like the pillows of my bed and they'd come into my room and be like, Oh, I guess he's not here. <laughs> like it was bad, but they're nice guys. Anyway, I was like, I can't be here anymore. And like the anthropology department was just, uh, I think cultural. And there was a primatologist there. She was great, but like I wanted to do archeology span and I found out that UTK had a better archeology span department anyway. And I ended up transferring there too because I still had a bunch of friends there. And I did the last three years there. And I went as a transfer student. But yes, I guess first year of college, I realized what I wanted to do and then switched, which isn't out of the question for you. It did just suck because I was going to be a double major in history and anthropology. They told me that, you know, your stuff transferred and then, oh yeah, you'll be a double major. Just finish these X amount of classes. And then the very last semester of college, they were like, oh yeah, sorry, you have to take World Civ 1 and 2 again because it wasn't the ones that they teach here. And I was like, it's the same school system. You can kiss my ass. I will take the minor. I'm already accepted to grad school. Die. And I left. <laughs> anyway, rant over. <laughs> I, I will say you don't have to get an anthropology undergrad to do grad school in it. I mean, I don't yeah, think you don't. it's not. You can do history. You can do. It's good to be in a field that's related, but I don't think you have to do. Yes, because I know some programs, anthro is like in geography or something like that. So as long as there's like an anthro component. Now, if you want to go to a master's in anthro, but you have like a degree in business or something, it's a hard because there's that one guy, Clark, who started after us, me, who his undergrad was something different. And he was taking. Oh, we had the marketing lady, right? Or what was she in? Wunterslausch? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wunterslausch was in. um... (laughs) 
I have no idea why they're laughing. I, there, I wasn't there for this. There was this very <laughs> lovely woman who was like a maybe like middle aged that came into our class for linguistics, and she wore a top hat like all the time. And <laughs> it was right when South Park had come out with the Wunderschlausch episode. <laughs> we just called her Wunderschlausch because I never knew her name. Um, she was very nice. She was a great lady. And then but- I remember she suggested that people are like born with like the ability to speak certain languages. And I was like, no, I was just an awkward and I felt really bad, but I didn't know what to do. So I looked at Pam and then she, she took the reins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Having a, a good understanding of basic theory and anthropology is also huge. <laughs> yeah. I can do that. Especially in that scenario. But we had people come in from history. We had people come in from that was geography, geology, geology. Yeah, Kelton was a history. history. Yeah. We had a guy named Kelton? On the podcast, Dave, we interviewed him like six weeks ago. Kelton Meyer, CSU. Oh, oh, oh. oh. I thought you meant at Wyoming. (laughs) I was like, I don't remember any Kelton coming to Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. I would say most people are anthropology. Oh, and that's a thing too. We had our first year. Connor, I think you remember. It was our arc theory. We had that like, it was a... I, sorry to say it, 10 little Indian scenario. I guess 10 little indi- indigeni. How would you say that these days? Anyway, <laughs> Krauta's face is not approving of me. I am please, canceled. But that please is, explain. Please where are we going way? with this? Please, please explain. explain. <laughs> that is the, the English phrase that would explain it. Sorry if I'm not, uh, canceled now. But the we had like 12 people. I said 12 little Indians. And we... Were they, hold on. So these aren't actual Indians. No, it's oh, I was our, like- our cohort, but it's like a figure of speech because it's from an old story. Probably not great. But anyway, well, let's suss that out um, another time. But <laughs> we had a lot of people and it was like a great big cohort. We're like, this is awesome. Like, wow, it's so intimidating. And then by the end of the year, we had five of us. <laughs> it started with like 12 because they all left. One had a baby, which props to her. You know what? Take care of your baby. Like, don't stress out with school. Yeah, for sure. Some people did it with the baby, like Megan did it. And then one person just left because she got in like an argument with like, maybe Nicole or like one of us. Uh, Maybe it was Strauss. I think she left our first semester though. Yeah. It it was something we talked about and like, it was like a intense topic and she was like, not wrong at all. She just, I think realized like, this is way over my head and like just quit. And I felt bad. Um, Several people did. What was that one girl? Natil? Oh, Natil. Yeah, Natil was there. Yeah. I can't remember what happened with her. She just left. Oh, yeah. And then there was another, there was the first semester we lost one who just realized that it wasn't her her jam. I think she yeah. was just too busy. So point with all of that post-cancellation would be that there are going to be a lot of people that join in that just leave because they realize they can't do it, which is a bummer because a lot of people wanted to get in. But it's also okay in that scenario to to leave if the yeah. program doesn't suit you, if the the graduate degree doesn't suit you and and find other places. I mean, that's you don't have to try to fit yourself into a program and try to adapt to it. You should you should you should want to be there and you should fit well in your program. Yeah. Like you, you that's something I say to people too. Like you have to want to do this to succeed in it. Um or else you're just like, there's no way to like Jack Sparrow your way through it if you're not into it, I guess. Yeah. Um, you got to have a plan. Yeah, and you have to you have to spend some time thinking about anthropology outside of just school. I mean, I think that I think like folks like Carlton and like Spencer and all those folks, they spend a lot of time thinking about anthropology, archaeology, I hate it. indigenous issues. Like 
that stuff is in their so brain much. almost constantly. Whereas it's, I, 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 I think about Lord of the Rings and <laughs> Star Wars and why I'm so sad today. <laughs> I think we touched on it in Bob's episode. Like it's just like becomes a way of thinking. Because I would describe it as like, you know, in like spy movies when like stuff shows up on the glasses and it's like analyzing things in front of you. It's like, not my head doesn't do that, but it's like you think of things like that. And like you see a guy like at the bar like flirting because this is primate behavior. And then you're like looking over there and then there's like something blowing up on the news. And you're like, oh, this is disastrous. This has been in diaspora, like kind of full effect. And like you just only think about it that way. So if you're thinking about things like that now, you're on the right track. It ruins you though, because I was watching a commercial the other day. Oh, you day. become a cynical dick. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> I was like, well, I was watching a harmless like Taco Bell commercial with Lana, and they said these are our Mexican spices, and I immediately looked at Lana. I was like, that's fucked up. What exactly are Mexican spices? And did this whole, it was a whole thing. And then I, at the end of it, I was like, you know, anthropology has straight up ruined us. Like, I can't find joy in anything because everything is just so. Exactly, and Pam pointed out to us that like in most cleaning commercials or like the house stuff commercials it's women and they're always sitting down and the man is always standing up at the scenario the woman's cleaning or something like that and like obviously that's like an advertising thing not just anthropology but like every time i watch a commercial i'm like oh guess i'm not buying bounty paper towels anymore yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they just have that stuff going on I don't oh know. my god well i, I also remember at garcia's wedding and this like the dj made some comment about keeping his, her like talking about Kelly like keeping Alex in line or like it was kind of like one of those weird like common comments about you know wife husband dynamics but he said yeah. in, a, in a room full of anthropologists and nobody laughed and we're all like ooh what was it do you remember I forget I just remember I looked at Crave and Crave was like yikes so it was just it was something and like weird. the 50s kind of way you know yeah, yeah and it yeah, was like a traditional like, yeah. yeah okay yeah yeah, it it it'll uh, it'll absolutely ruin it'll I won't say ruin your worldview, but it'll make you aware of everything. And, oh yeah, and then you'll you'll know. Here's the thing too: you will look at what's going on in Afghanistan, and in two seconds, understand all the stuff that came and got to that moment right there, and know all both sides of the argument, and then realize there's no point in arguing with anybody. You can't do anything about it, and when news comes on, you just turn it off because you're like, I can't do anything. I know all of this. Duh. <laughs> like then you go to a therapist every week because you're very intelligent because anthropology is awesome and you just can't do anything. Well, I want to throw in a caveat saying that you don't have to think like this right now, but if it interests you, yeah. Yeah. If it interests you or if during grad school you feel like you, you aren't connecting with material, that's, that's totally fine. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right, Connor. And, uh, you know, I was at a staff meeting for the museum the other week and the things that they were saying, like the whole science division, right? Me and the other anthropologists were like, this is foundational anthro 101, how not to be a dick. And like some of this information was clearly new to like the geologists or some of the other scientists there where it's like, why? I don't know, anthropology, and it, you know, it's fundamental to a lot of like feminist movements, women's rights, like all these rights movements from the civil rights period. Anthropology as a discipline culturally, and cultural anthropology, I should say, was far more forward thinking and progressive and you learn all that as an archaeologist because you're in the states an anthropologist first and that's something to highly recommend is if you are looking at a program both undergrad or graduate school four fields it if you can because you it's such a breadth of information archaeologists need culturals more than they need us but like the things you learn in cultural anth is very similar i mean it's just it's just needed because you need a 
in order to think about humans in the past, you have to know humans in the present. Yeah. And I would, I would also come in with an open mind. you like, you're going to anthropology, you know, will fuck your world up. Like, it, yeah. It'll fundamentally fuck your world up and like ruin how you think about things. So just be, just come with an open mind and be, be aware for those things to happen. To yeah. have those moments where you're exposed to feminist theories and um, gender, things like that. And you're you going to be uncomfortable. systems, yeah. Yeah, and you're going to be uh, uncomfortable more than once, and it happens frequently where you're just like, wow, I can't get any lower in my chair right now. Right, and that's that's something else that leads into this, too. It Something that I noticed, especially like moving from grad school right back to the South, you're in a very liberal bubble a lot of times in academia, and like to the point where like it's an echo chamber, and like I'd look back at some of my like, my, like you know, notes in my phone or like posts I put on Facebook. And I was like, man, I was not thinking that through, uh, like my oh, opinion God, on that yeah. kind of thing. And you're like, you're just around it all the time. And like, it's a university, everyone's going to be, you know, fairly progressive and liberal. I'm like, I would still say that I am, but like a lot of times I'm like, okay, I could be a little more lenient on like X, Y, or Z. And like, you just, it's an, it's dangerous in that sense that like you can get caught up in it, I would say, but just know like, like Connor or Carlson was just saying, like there's times where you're going to be uncomfortable being like, all right, I don't agree with these people on this specific issue, but like, you just, you know, like anywhere else you work or go to just keep it to you, you know, I don't know. And like be intelligent about it. Everyone's got different opinions on things. It's just like anthropology specifically can get pretty, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but. And grad school exposed those things because you have to have all the classes are discussion based most right. of the time. So you have yeah. these conversations and they will get extremely uncomfortable and you might fundamentally disagree with someone else. And it's just a, a thing that happens as part of this. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, and that's not to say that all anthropology is the same. Like you will, mm-hmm. you know, not BYU is a great program, but an anthropologist or archaeologist from BYU is going to have a little bit different take than an anthropologist from Berkeley. Right. That's a great point. Yeah. And, you know, there's, you know, fundamental things that like I've noticed, like I can see a difference in my writing from like Radford to Wyoming. Well, even community college, because that dude was totally post-processual salutrian theory to go to Radford and then go to Wyoming and then go to Boulder. And it's like, I've got a pretty, pretty, it's, you know, I got the Cosmo, no, not Cosmopolitan of ice cream. What's the ice cream with the fruit in it? You know what I'm talking about? Metropolitan. Metropolitan. Well, it's just the strawberry. Ne- Neapolitan. Neapolitan. That's it. <laughs> there you go. The Neapolitan of, of archaeology through all the schools I've gone through. And it's like, it fundamentally, you know, it's part of who your Jedi master is. Oh, yeah. Um, and along those lines, too, I guess we should end here. Like yeah. what Carlton just said, maybe think of it. Religion, too. If you are... Like I'm not religious in the slightest, um, but I've met a lot of people in the field that are, and I have noticed that they are often uncomfortable with the conversations that like most anthropologists, especially at an evolutionarily minded school like ours, can get pretty, you know, uncomfortable. So if you are and you're listening to this, I mean, I'm sure we've probably, uh, yeah, just just keep that in mind. And also, if you're going into it and you aren't religious, also keep in mind that some people in your cohort might be. So like, don't be an asshole. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, and on that note, don't be an asshole. This is episode 74 of a Life in Roots podcast. <laughs> segment two, we'll catch you in segment three after Chris Webster's beautiful voice serenades us about something. Timular. 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 You beat me. <laughs> and welcome back to episode 74. So 
part of you know selecting we've, we've covered a couple of things one our favorite episodes which is totally unrelated to what kind of programs you should get and to go along with that and as an undergrad introduce yourself to your professors what did i do don't, no, nothing, don't, nothing you don't, did continue continue don't don't watch the video david did something obscene what video oh okay introduce yourself to professors and always ask for help and talk with your professors. Take advantage of office hours. It's honestly some of the best conversations I've ever had with professors run it. They just want to talk. 100%. Um, be respectful of other people's opinions. Even though you're in an anthropology department, people are still coming in there with different worldviews. And, you know, they're, I mean, I remember a point where I was struggling with some of the things I was learning and it's fine. Going to grad school. I think we've talked about this before. That's why we had Bob on um, and a couple others. You know, you're picking someone you want to learn from. And part of that is making sure one, they can take students because as a grad student, they have some schools like Boulder, they're only allowed to have three PhD students at a time to avoid. I didn't mean to um, You're good. Basically just having too many students that never finish. Big one, especially if you're a PhD is make like, don't go to a program if it's not funded. If you're going to a master's like Wyoming and it's partially funded, I think that's okay because you're in and out in two years. And, and your if you can, tuition is like $10. Yeah. And if you can incur that, go for it. But don't get like a master's program out of state somewhere that's expensive because then you won't be able to pay, pay it off. So, you know, use good financial sense. I have not heard one person not say, all right, how would I say this? Like every PhD student I've ever heard has said, don't do it if you're not funded. So like yeah. that's something I would iterate. Exactly. Every, every guest we've ever had on here said that. I said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think, just thought, uh, yeah. Yeah. She said it last week. Mm-hmm. I really liked uh, David's analogy of like a Jedi master. You're hit their Padawan and you kind of have to agree on stuff. Yeah. Like Obi-Wan had different opinions than Qui-Gon for sure, but they both learned the force in the same way. Like it, it is that analogy though. Like I disagree with Bob on like several things, but like he's still like shaped the way I think in a lot of ways, even as an undergrad reading his book before I like worked with him. And Carlton said it too. You're picking, you're picking someone. What did you say to work for? To work with, you know. Work, yeah. And you're you, also picking your 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 colleagues and your peers in that way too. Yeah. And you're associated with that name for the rest of your academic career. This is they, true. That's this is it's you know you guys have mentioned it several times on the show that Jim Ahern broke down y'all's family lineage Our lineage pedigree. In class your yeah, pedigree. Yeah. Um, you know, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's also um, something to be aware of things that have happened in departments and yeah just pay attention to things you hear about people talk to grad students grad students like when you like when i went to arizona to for to apply i didn't talk to one grad student other than shane who was like yeah man apply but when i went to wyoming there were a million students that like they like nick or nicole wagesback who was there at the time had me go out she like grabbed spencer in the hallway she's like hey take this kid out for a drink later today and tell him about the department and he was like okay and took me out with Rachel Shimmick and we just talked about, you know, the department and like what to expect and like, you know, what life like is in mostly like what life is like in that town. And that that's a big thing too. Like Carson, she moved from Wyoming to Seattle. Like that's a big change. She was at CSU though. And then, yeah, yeah I said do the visit, do the visit, yeah. do the visit. Some of the best advice I have gotten has come from graduates though. Right. That's a good point too. Because like... People within the program tend to maybe not talk about the bad stuff. Yeah, fair point when you're going in because they don't, 
They want you to come there for sure. Well, two people did tell me, not those two, straight up, like some things about like, don't like this, this and that, and don't work for this person and things like that. But yeah, for the most part, they're going to try to tell you like, it's great. Yeah. Especially on those um, visits. Cause that's what they're, they're representative of that department. They're like trying to convince you to, to, to go there. So just, just be wary. Like, like Carlton said. Yeah. Just talk to as many people as you can. You know, for one of the big things that I was when I was looking for PhD programs, something that always, you know, I, I applied to a bunch of PhDs before settling to Boulder. Boulder was my first choice, but something that really I'll never forget. There was one program that I was I was really kind of stoked to go to because it'd be close to Pawnee, Oklahoma. And like I was introduced to the faculty via email and no one responded to and for some reason, that really stood out to me. It's like this person just blasted all of her colleagues like, hey, this is someone that I want to be my student. You know, please, please chat with them. And like, no one emailed me. And I was just like, that's weird. Because like when I applied to Wyoming for my master's, uh, Melissa had like got me in touch with a bunch of people and they we all talked and Doug got me in touch with a bunch of people here. And so, like, especially for a department that wasn't going to fly me down there to meet anybody was just, like, I don't know. Those things it, matter. It, it, yeah. Those, those it, things it, absolutely I, matter. It caught my attention where I was like, okay, if they're not flying me down there to be a student, and if no one's reaching out to me, then why do am I putting my time into this? Yeah. In some places I applied along that line, too. Like, it might be one professor there you want to work with, but the rest of the program... There's not a lot of grad students. There's not a lot of like student life kind of stuff, like nothing to do in town. You want to go where you are going to have good peers. And I think that is really important. And like in Carlton's situation, it would have been not great. And also a place that you want to live for, at least for PhD, you want to live for six, six to 10 years or yeah. five to 10 years. Like you have to, you have to be able to function and live your life in a way that is good for your mental health. So if you don't want to be in, where's Oklahoma? Where's the University of Oklahoma? Norm? Norman? Well, um, I did not say University of Oklahoma. No, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying like as a place I would never want to live is Oklahoma because okay. it's it's a goddamn shithole. One pleasant surprise, like I, Arizona, like was in Tucson. Tucson sounded really cool to go live in. Like I, I know that word. There's a milk company named Tucson. So I was familiar and the fish tacos were lit. But, <laughs> however, like Laramie, I was like, ah, I don't want to move to Wyoming. Like, what do I have to like ride goats here? Like, what do they do there? And like, I went and it was gorgeous when I went on the, the tour. Also, I toured the school on Halloween and like everybody on campus was wearing costumes. And I was like, what is this place? And it just dawned on me that like it was Halloween later. But yeah, I ended up loving Wyoming and like not wanting to leave. So like, it could be a great time for you. And then you meet a lot of people. You like... Yeah, but if you don't want to be, if you don't want to be like in a small town that gets, that gets the negative temperatures, you know, I think those are things to be, to factor in, but like you could also, you could totally also love a place like you said. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this straight up, like I'm open with it. When you move from a big place to a small town and you have anxiety, like it's weird because you're like, I'll probably see a professor or I'll probably see someone I don't want to see at the store. And then you feel weird and then like they can see like you're downtown, like word gets around quick. I don't know. It's just like careful. But 
I mean, that's just me. Like, I'm weird and, like, would be like, oh, God, someone's going to see me getting green onions at the store. And it's just like, <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, continue on. That's just mental health. That's a big thing. You're going to. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that, boys. You're going to. If your mental health is at like a Ooh. 70 right now where you're at, drop that down to a 30 on a good day when you're in grad school. It's going to be a thing. Yeah. You got to you got to have the will to like go push through that. And there sometimes is programs or resources to talk to someone at the university about what's going on. Uh, I wish I would have done that at the University of Wyoming through the healthcare you can you can talk to a counselor or like that stuff is super important important and uh yeah, take advantage of all those resources if you can. Yeah. Yeah. I went on a date with a girl in New York one time and she went to Columbia and she was interesting. She was doing like women's like feminine products in Africa and like as a cultural dissertation. But she told me like, I can't remember exactly how the conversation came up, but she was like, I don't know one person getting their PhD who does not have a therapist. And she was like, cause I was asking her what she thinks about doing that. And she was like, I wouldn't do it, man. Um, then she never called me back, but Justine, if you're out there, uh, <laughs> just get it. But, uh, yeah, Here, it's, it's going to be a number. thing. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be wow, stressed. Really. You're like, you're thrown into an environment where you have to compete and you're expect, there's a lot of things that are expected of you expected to be the top of your class you're expected to be better than a master's student you know there's there's a lot of things that are thrown upon you and i i think one of us can speak more to that than yeah than the rest of it chilling in his cave over there i mean like what i don't know i guess i'm in a little i always cave have like a rough <laughs> yeah i'm in a cave too well. <laughs> in a basement i always have a rough first year when i go to a new place like it's i don't adjusting. know what it yeah. is yeah, and it's also a bunch of personal stuff. Like, it's always a rough adjustment for a bunch of stuff. I don't, I don't, uh, there's definitely things I wish I knew more coming into both programs. The isolation at Wyoming sucked. Yeah. Being stuck in Laramie in the winter, which is from September to June, is like <laughs> not great. Not even kidding, though. <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm stuck in this town, but it, it, but then here at, at 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 CU Boulder, it's more of there are more grad students here that are in different at walks of their life. Or at Wyoming, we're all kind of the same age here. It's like people are married, people don't even live in Boulder. They're in their 30s, they're in their 40s, and it's like I don't have this close of a relationship with many of my colleagues that I did at Wyoming, which was also a rough adjustment. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about, cause like we started this podcast, my second semester at Boulder and like, we basically, this podcast has been on air since I've just been a PhD student the entire time. This is true. So um, we, we watched congrats. the slow, like in, <laughs> insane decline, decline of. <laughs> He's currently sitting in a dark bedroom. Yeah. Connor Carlton and I are very social people. And actually, I wasn't very social in my undergrad, and I kind of like really blossomed out in like Laramie because I was with someone I really knew well, and like met Connor and stuff, who's like just like me. So <laughs> it was like nice, and I like went out and like had fun and did the the college fun that I didn't do in college because I was a, a socially anxious dweeb. That's fun, but we're social. Some of you guys might not be, 
And like, there's no pressure to do that though. It like, it is like, again, like these people will be your colleagues and they will get you jobs later. So like show face, you know, but if you're not into doing all that, like there's nothing wrong with that. Keep your nose to the books, like do your thing. Yeah. Um, just know that that's like a big part of grad school is the camaraderie for sure. We should probably be a little more positive at the end here. I don't know. The job oh. market's shot. <laughs> I mean, go. like, I don't Good know. Point. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like you're, get, you're, if yeah. you're going to do this, if you're going to, if you're going to do this one, do it. Connor did and get a skill, get a skill in something that's yes. marketable outside of academia. That's, that's the big one period. Like uh, me doing Bayesian stuff is not going to help me anywhere. I'm Maybe. pretty useless on I mean, the, the private the coding and and stuff like that. Can yeah, you? but I don't I don't see a CRM firm hiring me for that. Like that's my job. Along what you're saying, Carlton would be like the job market's oversaturated, and you it's yeah, like I, it's hard look, to find a good one, huh? Can I just uh, the yeah. academic job market, job market is over is oversaturated. Yeah. The private sector is always going to need folks. So. Right. Um, yeah, you know, good call. Good call. I needed that. But, uh, in in the academic sense, you're with people who are learning the same thing as you, who are also just as intelligent, if not more intelligent than you, you're going to feel inferior half the time, get the imposter syndrome. And those are the people who you're going to compete for jobs for. And they're your friends and you got to be ready for that. And like, I didn't get to that point. Carlton's at that right now. And like, that's a scary thought. Cause like, Someone who you know and love is like just as qualified as you for the job and you can't be cutthroat about it. Yeah. I had that conversation with Maddie Mackey not too long ago because I had this dawning realization. I am one of the eldest archaeology grad students now. Like I am the Spencer and Maddie. Oh, yeah. And that's terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Because people are asking me for advice. And like I just like I'm not that great at advice because people hit me up all the time. And I'm like, one, I my housing was secured for masters, so I was in a fraternity. Like, I am indigenous, and I've had minority scholarships rained on me. Like, that's how I got at Wyoming, was I got a minority scholarship funding. Like, I, they had funding for me to use, you know. So, like, my route has just been very non-traditional, and mm-hmm. so I feel like I can't help people out that much because it's like I've just had a very odd experience. That's haven't met anyone else who has the same background as me. Fair enough. Fundamentally. Loans are going to be a thing. Oh, yeah. I don't want to think about those. Don't, yeah. yeah, don't say that word. We haven't been paying them for, or there hasn't been any interest on them for a year and a half, though. So That's cool. And the, and the country hasn't collapsed either, which is weird. It's wild. Others have. Hearing that. Um. <laughs> also, <laughs> you, might, you might be a, a cynic at some point, and that's okay. And if you are a cynic already going into it, just you're gonna have a terrible time. Uh, I to 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 wrap it up as a good thing, guys. If you absolutely want to do anthropology, if you sat in anthropology class like I did, and they put Chappelle shows on and said, "Turn to the partner next to you or person next to you and discuss why this is funny," and you're like, "Hey, this is what I want to do with my life," do it. If you sit in that class and you're like, "This is stupid," don't do it. <laughs> like, it, you'll yeah. find a way to make it work if you like it. Yeah, yeah, you have to have that passion, that drive. If the, you know, if, if if this is what you think about every day, this is definitely something for you. Yeah, enjoy yeah, I it. think Lana's given up on it. I think we were talking about it the other day. Oh no, I know she wants to do something not totally professor related. I mean, we've been With looking her at two the PhDs. Together. 
yeah, with her two PhDs, she just cannot. I don't know what she wants to do. She was talking about like working at a Starbucks and like forbid it. I was like, no, that's <laughs> you will not. Nothing wrong with that, <laughs> I guess. But like with Nothing two PhDs, with it, it's it's questionable. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> we we'll, should, we'll we'll find something for. We you. should also say that being the, a professor is. A, a great job <laughs> it is a, like a full professorship is like one of the greatest jobs you can have because you're there for life and they can't get rid of you and you get your summers off you just and... have to get there yeah, yeah it's getting to yeah. that that peak and it's that it's a slog it is and it's dave anderson didn't like, get his till he was like 50 some yeah i know like uh i don't know if i i, I think it's it's like doug has been doing a lot of uh full professor review packets for a bunch of people across the great plains and it's been like really interesting to I mean, he doesn't go into depth with him with me because that'd be a breach, but just like kind of talking about how the market is different today than when he was going out for full professor back in like the early 2000s. And so we had a real, real conversation. I think he might have realized like, wow, like really understood how screwed I am on the market. Sucks, man. (laughs) Sorry to hear that. On a positive note. Can I live in your van, David? Can I just be your camera um, boy? (laughs) Oh, I got the, uh, I got the, oh, I, I haven't announced that yet, but yeah, I'm buying a bus, so. I've got a um, closet in my in my condo that's Harry Potter like. So, oh, dude, yes, hell yeah, Indi- that's why I fit. <laughs> Indian in the cupboard. Have you ever seen that movie? Oh no, oh no, I can't do it. <laughs> I've never. I've heard that. I haven't seen. No, I didn't know it was. It's a movie. good. It's it's a good movie. It's a classic. I'd say. Is it Stephen King or something? No, it's like the exact opposite of Stephen King. It's like a nice, light story about like a like a figure, right? A little. It's like a magical cupboard that when you put. Oh, it sounds like a horror. Yeah, no, no, you put you put figure like little toys into it and they come alive. And so this boy puts in like this little Iroquois guy named like Little Bear Little Bear and he comes alive. So he has a little Indian in his cupboard and it's like this whole coming of age story. It's really well done. It's a beautiful Does it hold movie. up today? The haircuts don't. But it's okay. definitely <laughs> late late nineties New York. I assumed yeah. it was just good, like nowadays it was gonna suck and like be canceled. But I didn't realize yeah. I'm glad it I'm glad it held up. Yeah, it's Netflix. I think you can't. You can, there's on. not many of those that really did it right. Check that out. <laughs> All right, guys. If you want to discuss this or talk to us, DM the podcast. Don't DM me. Or if, if you let, if you follow me and that's how you got to the podcast, DM the podcast. Then all of us will see it and be better able to help you. If you are a student, uh, and want a PhD student, talk to Carlton. If you want to do private sector work talk to connor or gis work um i also work in the private sector but my job's like kind of like super niche and weird but yeah just email us or message us on the the podcast instagram and we will try to answer your questions but most importantly research the website of the school you want to go to or several that you want to go to and think about who you would most like to learn from and then talk to the students who are also there I think and we can there. sum it up as that. And we're there, correct. Because you'll get two different answers from like a fresh first year and then someone that's been there for six years getting out. And mm-hmm. and do the deep dive into yourself if this is what you want to do for the rest of your life. Or just say fuck it and just take it on a whim like I did. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It does not suss out. It does not <laughs> bode well for me in many situations. Yeah, it's pretty sus. Um, well, on that note, Carlton, yep. we're out. We're, we're out. Thank 
Thanks for listening to a Life in Ruins podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at a Life in Ruins podcast. And you can also email us at a Life in Ruins podcast at gmail.com. And remember, make sure to bring your archaeologists in from the cold and feed them beer. So this is a joke from one of our followers on Instagram. Is Sela Boggs, S-E-L-A-H, Boggs. She said... Broke up with my girlfriend because she was a communist. Should have known. I saw red flags everywhere. Oh, my goodness. Um, Key Soviet Union National Anthem. And we are out. But I, was, I actually know the, the opening lyrics, but we're not going to sing it today. So. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV Traveling America, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Rachel Roden. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.